Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Seven minutes into the second period, Saskatchewan Huskies leading the U of A Golden Bears 2-1, game one of their Canada West Championship Series in Saskatoon. Oil Kings and Medicine Hat just getting underway at Rogers Place. A little bit later on tonight, the Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, will try to extend their 17-game winning streak. They will be taking on the Iowa Wild in the NHL. In the third, Penguins up 3-2 on the Sabres. Flyers leading the Devils 4-2. Capitals and Islanders tied 1-1. Canadians leading the Rangers 3-1. Second period, Carolina 3, St. Louis 2. Predators 1, Winnipeg nothing. Later, Golden Knights and Ducks, Avalanche and Sharks. Tomorrow on 6.30, Chet, 9.30 in the morning for the face-off show. The game will start at 11. The Edmonton Oilers taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. You can text 63630. This texter says, Reed, have you done your nightly update from that website with the playoff odds? Well, I will now. My request. The website, sportsclubstats.com. And I do stress this is merely, a, a, well, not merely, but it's a website that does millions of simulations of the remainder of the season after the games of each individual night, and then says, okay, based on what we've simulated, here's the percentage odds of each team making the playoffs. The Edmonton Oilers, on the strength of their 4-2 win over the last place Ottawa Senators last night, saw their playoff chances increase by 0.6% to a whopping 1.4%. Kellen Kennedy just made like a the stinkiest face I could imagine. You were expecting like, wasn't it up to two at one point earlier this uh, week? Yeah, I think it was two point three earlier this week. It crept above two. Wow. Yeah. And then, so they did. Uh, they did eleven point seven million simulations, and the Oilers made the playoffs in one hundred and sixty-seven thousand of them, which sounds like a lot until you realize it's out of almost twelve million. Yeah. So let me ask, and I, I, I know there are a lot of optimistic people out there, and I love you for it, but if I said to you, I'm going to put in uh, a bag with like a thousand pennies, and 14 pennies will have an X on them, and if you draw a penny with an X, you will win a million dollars. And it, sure, you would do it, 
But you would not think that you're going to draw a penny with an X, 14 out of 1,000. Those are the Oilers' right. playoff chances. Again, according to this one website, the most common record that gets the Oilers into the playoffs based on these latest simulations, 12-4-2 down the stretch. 12-4-2 down the stretch. Now, this these odds will change tonight based on the result of the game later on between the Avalanche and the Sharks. I said earlier the Oilers were eight points out of the playoffs. They're currently seven out. If Colorado wins tonight against San Jose, then it will be eight out because uh, Colorado would leapfrog both Dallas and Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota would be pushed out of the playoffs. Dallas would become the second wildcard team with 69 points. The Oilers have 61. If uh, Colorado loses, then the Oilers' 1.4% will probably creep up just a little bit, and they'll remain seven points out of the playoffs. So there you go. So that's that's why I always say there's a very, very slim chance. Like I said last week, earlier this week, if you're a fan of the movie This is Spinal Tap, the the Oilers have a slim chance of making the playoffs. How much more slim could it be? None more slim. It's so thin you can barely see it. And here's the issue. When the Oilers play a good team, top eight in the league, they get pumped. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Okay, they got a point out of Nashville. Good. Uh, what's They got pumped in Toronto. They've been crushed by San Jose, what, thrice this season? They played okay against Winnipeg. Well, they played pretty good against Winnipeg on New Year's Eve. Lost. Lost to Calgary. When they play good teams, and Columbus is a pretty good team, when they play deep teams, uh, they lose. And they often lose by a wide margin. Not all the time, but often. Hey, anything can happen in a one-off. What did Pittsburgh beat Calgary 9-1 earlier this year? Sometimes it happens. Uh, but we've seen the Oilers over and over again be completely outclassed by teams. So they got to play Columbus a couple of more times. they got to play Vegas a couple of times. That could be four regulation losses right there. That's all that they're allowed according to this simulation. So that's why I'm saying this is going to be tough. I appreciate all the people who are like, oh, no, I think they can do it. They're going to get on a run. Well, again, maybe. But that's a maybe in microscopically small letters. That's like an amoeba-sized maybe. Is Are there any animals smaller than an amoeba? That's the size it is. Bacterium. Some sort of bacterium. Well, is an amoeba a, a type of bacteria? I don't know. I'm not a scientist, so... Well, I'm not a show yet, producer. Kellen. You keep working <laughs> towards that degree. <laughs> it's coming in the mail next week, I think. Jason from Elk Point says, Hey, Reed, 12-4-2 sounds like the record they had going into the playoffs in 2006. Well, let's double-check that on the fly. I appreciate that. By the way, Elk Point, beautiful town. How are, how are things in Elk Point, Jason? Oh, hang on. For some reason, I, uh, I did not Google that properly. All right. All right, what did the Oilers finish here in uh, 05-06? I do not remember. The Stoffer would remember off the top of his head. I would not. The Edmonton Oilers uh, that year went 4-3-1 in April, so that's seven games. So we're talking the last 18. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 
11. They were 32, 22, and 10. They wound up 41, 28, and 13. Uh, so they went 9, 6, and 3 in their last 18 games. So they did not finish that strong. I mean, that's a decent finish, but they, they didn't finish as strongly as they're required to this year. That's all I'm saying. And Jason says it's an awesome night in Elk Point. My, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Michael's being optimistic or just being funny. I think he's just being funny. <laughs> hey, Reed, don't forget our best month has been April. Just being optimistic. I think he's being funny because they only play four games in April. Hey, if they get to April and they got to go three and one in April to make those the playoffs, then they'll ha- have had a pretty good March. No doubt about it. Did you look up if an amoeba is uh, what kind of animal an, ame- an amoeba is? Uh, no, I had a phone call coming. <laughs> What, was it from a scientist who might know? No, it was, was somebody... it from a bacterial? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what what. What do you call somebody who covers uh, who microbiologist? Amoeba? A microbiologist, yeah. Yes. Do, how do we not have any microbiologists listening to Inside Sports? Is that not our target demographic? Well, it's Friday night. <laughs> it's, well, they should want to let loose after a whole week of looking through microscopes. Right. <laughs> Frustrated fan says, so Reed, you're saying there's a chance. I will take that. I am saying there's a chance. Absolutely. They are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And again, you uh, you get Colorado to lose tonight. And the Oilers win tomorrow afternoon against Columbus. Oh, hey, then they're at least uh, five points. Oh, I got a text. An amoeba is a unicellular organism that has the ability to alter its shape. That's lovely. <laughs> it's a shape. That, that sounds creepy. It's a shapeshifter. Natalie Spooner from the Canadian women's hockey team. I will not ask her about Amoeba when we get back. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. U of A now trailing Saskatchewan 3-1 in Saskatoon in Game 1 of the Canada West Championship Series. 6.45 left in the second period. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Natalie Spooner, outstanding member of the Canadian National Women's Hockey Team, is coming to Edmonton. Natalie, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, it's good to talk to you again. We got to uh, do a a, a brief interview during intermission of an Oilers game last season when the uh, Canadian team was playing some games here in Edmonton. So good to connect with you again. And you're you're coming back to town. Uh, Pretty exciting stuff going on this weekend for you and a a bunch of young players who are going to get to meet you. Yeah, I'm back on Sunday for uh, Scotiabank Girls Hockey Fest. Really excited. Um, there's going to be so many little girls that um, I'm going to get to go on the ice with. I think uh, they go on the ice in the morning and the ice at night, and I get to give a little talk in the, in the middle. So it'll just be a lot of fun. Um, hopefully they learn a lot and get inspired by the end of the day. Well, it, it's pretty cool that, that so many of these young female players are going to meet someone who's had a successful career like uh, like you have had. And it must be so encouraging for you to see, uh, I mean, the number I have is, is 300 players. So, I mean, just, I guess it's a, kind of an old story right now, but it's still even more evidence of the growth and strength of female hockey in the country. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how fast 
um, women's hockey is growing and continues to grow, and even just how good these little girls are. Like, I'm so excited for Sunday because these girls are going to be skilled, and um, it's going to be exciting to work with them because the game has already come so far. Uh, I remember when I was little, I was don't think I was half as good as they were, but I got to meet Jennifer Botterill, and she was a huge idol of mine, and I got to see her gold medal, and that really sparked my dream of wanting to go to the Olympics. So uh, on Sunday, you know, uh, they'll get to see the medals and go on the ice with me, and hopefully some of these girls now are going to dream of, you know, playing for Team Canada or playing in the CWHL. When you're on the ice with young players, whether it's this weekend or if you're, you know, whatever event you're at or doing some mentoring or coaching or or just maybe wind up playing with, with a group of younger players casually or whatever, what do you what do you try to get across? What kind of example do you uh, set? Because, you know, in a short period of time, it's not as if you can, um, you know, take their game from, from zero to 100 in, in a couple of sessions, but you can still have an impact on them. So what do you try to get across hockey-wise? I mean, I think, first of all, it's hard work. And, and when you're on the ice, you know, really giving it your all because really not taking a time for granted. But I think on the other side of it, um, also having fun. It is a game. And I think, you know, the older you get, you forget about that. And coming back and playing with these younger girls is so refreshing for me because it's like, wow, when I was little, it was just so free. And you just go out there and you're creative and it's so much fun. And, um, you know, it's refreshing for me to be out with them and, and really inspiring for me at the same time. All right, and you're, you also have a keynote address on uh, Sunday as well. Now, l- let me ask you a little bit here. Were you always a comfortable public speaker, or is this something you had to learn to do once you became a famous <laughs> Canadian hockey player? <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone is really comfortable at first with public speaking, but I think the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. And, um, you know, you realize that people do want to hear your story, and I think that it makes it easy when it is my life story that I'm sharing and, um, you know, hopefully people can learn from that and, and go through a lot of the same things that I went through. Natalie Spooner joining us on Inside Sports will be in Edmonton on Sunday for the Scotiabank Girls Hockey Fest. Of course, she's a member of Team Canada. And a couple of weeks ago, the rivalry series, Canada-USA, nothing like it when it comes to sport and women's hockey. It's at the the rivalry that's at the forefront. You had a three-game series against the United States. Canada won two out of the three, so good stuff there. Tell us a a little bit about that series um, and about the intensity because... I don't think, and I, I'll, I'll tee up for this because I've talked to some of your teammates over the years too, there's no really such thing as an exhibition game or series when it's Canada against the United States, as I understand mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I mean, I think that it was super exciting that we were able to have the rival- rivalry series, and hopefully we'll have it for many more years now. But, I mean, every game we play against the U.S. is always so intense. Um, you know, you always hate losing to them, so you never want that feeling. So the games always get so heated. And um, these ones were the same. I think if you watched any of the games, they were physical, they were fast, um, they were exciting. But I think that we definitely came out this time and, and wanted to be a hard team to play against. And I think that really helped us, um, you know, that they weren't able to get as many goals on us as, as they have been lately. And we've been able to take advantage. And, you know, hopefully we carry that into the world championships coming up because um, I think our team is playing some of the best hockey I've seen us play in a long time. Let me ask you this. When it comes to the, the women's game, is there a Canadian style versus an American style? Like, would you say the, the two teams have different strengths or different identities? Or, or are they pretty similar teams just trying to outdo each other? It's kind of a mix. I mean, there's so many different types of players on the teams, but I think Canada has always been kind of seen as bigger, um, more physical team. And I think, um, you know, the past few years, we've definitely gotten 
um, some really great skill players, smaller players, but I think we're going back to, you know, playing that physical game, but also using our skills and, and being so great. And I think the U.S. was always super skilled, um, fast team, uh, but we were able to shut them down and um, take advantage in the rivalry series. The Worlds are coming up in uh, April 4th to 14th in Finland, and I noticed there's a change for this year. There will be 10 teams in the in the top mm-hmm. division for the first time instead of eight. The, I mean, I look at that, and I, I find that really encouraging because, look, Natalie, you, you live it all the time. While it's not competitive enough, it's Canada and U.S. all the time. That's some of the criticism the women's game faces. So uh, tell me a little bit about how you feel at going to 10 teams in the top pool. I mean, I think it's exciting getting more teams. Uh, we get to play more games, so that's more opportunities for people to come watch. Um, you know, hopefully more games on TV. We have four games in the round robin now, then quarter, semis, and finals. So that's two more games than we've played in the past. So, I mean, it's, it'll be exciting, and I'm excited to see how I think it's France that came into it this year is, is going to be doing. So that'll be cool. All right. Well, Natalie, it's great to have you on the show again. This is so awesome what you're doing on Sunday. So it's the Scotiabank Girls Hockey Fest. Uh, as you mentioned, you're going to be on the ice from uh, 9 to 6 with the break in between to give your keynote address. So it's going to be a busy day, but I know you're going to have a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know what it's like where you are, but uh, bring, a, bring a heavy coat and maybe a toque and gloves coming to Edmonton. Okay, perfect. <laughs> That is Natalie Spooner checking in from the Canadian women's hockey team. So she'll be uh, on Sunday for that uh, big festival going on at Rogers Place. Good for her coming to Edmonton. Absolutely. It's 725. Just want to follow up to our text line here. We are throwing out some of the same questions that the Athletic asked 200 NHL players in their player poll, one of which, who is the most overrated player in the NHL? Now, somebody, first of all, Kellen, texted in Andrew Raycroft. Okay. I'm pretty sure is not a current player. No. I know the Philadelphia Flyers have used eight goalies this year. I don't think he was one of them. No. Somebody just really thought Andrew Raycroft was overrated and wanted to get that, wanted to get that off his or her chest. Uh, Patrick Laine getting a couple votes. Johnny Goudreau, and this texter is actually uh, from Calgary. But according to the 630 Chet Inside Sports text line, the Amoeba Army... The Amoeba Army. As we are now going to call it, <laughs> at least maybe just that one time. Let's get the t-shirts ready. Jonathan Taves, most overrated player in the NHL. Can you be really good and still be overrated? I think it's possible. I am shocked and surprised by that result. Trent says, I like Jonathan Taves, but every time I hear his name, he's being overrated. Interesting stuff. Totally informal and unscientific. Not like microbiology, which is very formal and very scientific. This may be hard to believe, but we're about six weeks away from soccer season. FC Edmonton starting play in that new Canadian Premier League. We'll get an update from head coach Jeff Paulus. You will meet this week's 6.30 Chet MVP, a Taekwondo sensation. We'll update your scoreboard as well when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Edmonton's Brendan Botcher in the wild card game at the Briar in Brandon, taking on John Epping of Toronto. So the winner gets to uh, go into one of the pools 
and uh, compete in the bond spiel. Botcher leading 3-2, and he has the hammer in the sixth end. University hockey tonight, Saskatchewan leading Alberta 3-2 after two. Game one of the best of three Canada West Championship Series in Saskatoon. Oil Kings up 1-0 on Medicine Hat. Four minutes left in the first period at Rogers Place. Half an hour away from the Bakersfield Condors going for win number 18 in a row. They will take on the Iowa Wild. The Oilers tomorrow morning against Columbus. 9.30 face-off show game at 11 here on 6.30. Ched. NHL tonight, the Canadians beat the Rangers 4-2 in the third. Penguins up 3-2 on the Sabres. Flyers leading the Devils 5-2. Cam Talbot looking to get the win in net there for Philly. Capitals lead the Islanders 2-1 late. Early in the third, Hurricanes up 3-2 on the Blues. Late second period, Predators leading the Jets 2-0. P.K. Subban with his seventh of the season. Later, Sharks home to the Avs. Anaheim home to Vegas. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Well, the uh, uh, FC Edmonton is back. They are in the Canadian Premier League. The schedule is out. The playoff format has been announced. And hopefully by the time their season starts on April 27th, they won't be playing in snow as we bring in Jeff Paulus, head coach of FC Edmonton. Jeff, great to have you back on the show, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, Reed. Thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate you uh, checking in tonight. And uh, I kind of had to do a double take this morning. I was like, oh, yeah, i got to change my calendar to March because it felt more like uh, January 1st than, than March 1st. But uh, April 27th, is that when you guys have your opener? It's actually, that's the, uh, the league will be opening up with the game be- between uh, Hamilton and York, um, Forge versus York, and we, we, have, uh, we won't play that weekend. So we don't have our first game until May the 4th, and that's in Winnipeg. And then we'll open up home, open up a home a week after that. On Mother's Day, actually, I think is our first home game. So we have a bit of time yet, a bit of time for the snow to melt. Okay, so May 12th, and uh, you're going to be playing Pacific FC. Okay, so May, May 12th sounds pretty reasonable for having good weather. Yeah. So I feel optimistic about that. Okay, so what the, 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 this is a really, we've talked about this before, and I've had a couple of your, your players. Actually, Lars Hirschfeld was on after signing a few weeks ago. That was exciting. You got him. So the first year for the Canadian Premier League, it's off and going. What, did you, what are you starting with here, seven teams? Yeah, year one is seven teams. Um, you know, certainly lots of interest amongst the rest of the country. And, you know, I predict that I predict, uh, 22 cities have expressed interest to some level in the CPL. And, you know, I think the business model of this league allows smaller communities to actually have a professional team. And, you know, now it's not a sport just for, for the major cities or the larger cities in our country. And, uh, and I think that's what will help. Jeff, do we still have you? Yeah, I'm still here. You oh, can't hear me. Yeah, oh, just there you are. just faded out at the end. Well, we got okay. you. That's good. Okay. Great. Well, this uh, well, this is cool. I'm I'm glad it's off and running now. It's kind of interesting, at least in my mind. And I know when FC Edmonton was in the NSL, they did a similar thing. I wasn't sure what they were going to do, but there will be a spring season and a fall season. But and I'll let you kind of explain it because you'll do a better job than I am. But it's not, I guess, completely balanced halves to the season. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, um, that is a fair way to put. I'm not really sure why that came out the way it was with the 10-game spring season and then an 18-game kind of fall season. Um, I think initially that might have had to do with how we were going to nominate um, nominate a team to go and represent the CPL in the CONCACAF championships. Um, CSA since kind of changed rules a little bit on that, and, and so that becomes irrelevant. So uh, I'm not sure why it's the 10 and the 18, but that's what we have uh, for year one. and. You know, the benefits, we're, we're used to this in Edmonton. We've had this in NASL, and certainly this is, um, you know, in Central and South America, this is quite common. 
Um, you know, for us, I think when you look at year one of a, of a brand new league and then, you know, Hamilton getting professional football now and Winnipeg having professional football, Halifax, you know, I, I think by, by having it the way we've done this with, with a split season, if a team from a new market was to maybe fall behind early, I'm not saying that we won't be that team, but, but, it, but we're not a new market, you know, but if a team had, if a team falls out of it too early, there, there, I guess could be a danger of maybe the fans switching off a little bit and, and then, you know, do you maintain that following? And this way, at least if you have a poor start, have a, a poor spring season, um, your fan base can now look forward to season two because you get another kick at it. And, um, you know, I think this will just keep uh, keep things more exciting and more interesting for a longer period of time for every city involved in this league. All right. Well, that's a, that's a that's a good way to put it. I mean, if you start 0-5, it's not going to kill your whole season. It'll it'll obviously hurt you in that 10-game spring session, but you'll have a chance to bounce back in the fall. And right. and so if you if a team wins the spring session, mm-hmm. are they already locked up in for the championship series? They are. And what's wow. nice about that is that um and also they'll they'll host the championship game is is my understanding. I don't know if it's my understanding that it's going to be just a championship game and then they they'll host that. Um, so it gives you a bit of time to prepare for that match and gives your city a time to prepare for that match, you know, so, so there's an advantage to that, but yeah, it's a sprint. I mean, you know, you've got 10 games to, to lock a spot into a, into a championship game and, you know, a bit, uh, unique, obviously, you know, to, to be able to play for championship after a 10 game season, but, um, you know, Canadian, Canadian soccer is different and we're unique in our country and how our sport is, is run. So, uh, we will maintain that, um, in our professional game. Did you do you change the way you coach under a split season format like that? Does that change your approach to anything? You know anything? what? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. We get that a lot, and I think there's there's a worry, you know, certainly uh, that I that I've been reading and hearing about. If you win the spring season, how motivated are you to play everybody or to to win games in, in season two because you've got a spot already? And I was asked that question actually at a pub night uh, last night um, by by one of our supporters. And you know, for me, it boils down to players are consistently playing for playing for a starting position. And um, and I think that'll be motivation enough as professional athletes. You know, you're getting paid to play, uh, whatever sport it is that you're that you're getting paid to play in. And um, so I, I think you owe it to the you owe it to the supporters, you owe it to people that buy tickets to come out to to look to win every game, regardless of whether or not you have a spot locked up. So I know, I mean, if FC Edmonton, if we if we're fortunate enough to get off to a good start and and win the win the first season, uh, this will be a team motivated to win the second season as well. And I don't believe that I don't believe that a team can can flip a switch and go from resting players to you know, turning it on for a championship match. I believe that you have to maintain a standard, and that's the only way to have long-term success. So um, that won't happen here. You know, I can assure that. But um, but you know, I can see I can see why that that would be a concern certainly. Jeff Paulus, head coach of FC Edmonton, joining us on Inside Sports. Well, I, I'm excited that, that this is going. I, I know the you know the FAF group has put so much into owning the team, and and they uh, stuck it out through the NASL. And I'm just going to say personally, Jeff, and, and I hope there are, are sports fans in Edmonton that feel the same way. I'm just glad it's an all-Canadian league because I, I got to tell you, you know, I, I loved having, you know, uh, you on the show and the past head coach and, and Tom himself has been coming in and we've had players on. But I found it really hard to talk about an Edmonton Atlanta game or an Edmonton Puerto Rico game. You know what I mean? Like they're just uh, yeah. there's no emotional connection for me to be like, yeah, FC Edmonton's got to go out there and beat Puerto Rico. Like now you're playing, you know, like a Calgary team, a Hamilton team, a Winnipeg team, like you said. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's just so much more it's better building rivalries and making feel the fans feel connected to the product, not just in their home city, but hopefully across the country. Yeah, you know what, Reed, you're spot on with that. And I, I think it's, um, you know, I think I think Canadian 
uh, uh, Canada in general. You know, I think if you look at the provinces, Canadian provinces, I think we have a rivalry amongst each other outside of sport. And, and that's uh, that's also uniquely Canadian. And we, we all believe, you know, certainly I've, I've lived in Halifax and I've lived in Montreal, I've lived in Victoria, and, and every place is unique from the other. Uh, we're not a country that everything is exactly the same. And, and everyone has a lot of pride in the region. And we, and we are, are pretty fierce in, in defending our province or our home city versus others in Canada. Again, irrelevant of sports or anything else. And now when you add sports, you take it to another level. And certainly us against Calgary, I mean, this could be professional lawn bowling. And people right. would come out and want us to be Calgary. <laughs> so, so you know, this uh, this definitely makes it more worthwhile. And, you know, I just I want to add into that, that, you know, it is a Canadian league. And not just as a Canadian cities that we're going to be playing against, you have that rival, but it, it, we're going to be using Canadian players. You know, we have to sign. We've signed at our club right now. We have 22 players. Um, well, 21 currently, I'll say, under contract. Of those 21 under contract, um, there is uh, 15 Canadians of oh, that wow. 21. And of those 15 Canadians, 13 are Edmontonians, and 10 of those Edmontonians have come through our academy. So so this is uh, we've got 13 professional players from our city. It's something that the fan base, I believe, can get behind and support. And, um, and also what it does is provides uh, dreams and opportunities for the young kids who have been in the same clubs as the players playing for their professional side. All right, and before I let you go, Jeff, uh, I want to ask you about a member of FC Edmonton Academy. I'm going to let, like, I have the press release, but you're going to know way more, so I'm just going to tee you up. Tell us what's going on with Mikhail Brathwaite. Uh, brilliant. You know, this is a, this is a young boy, um, still 15 years old. He's, he's going to be representing our country. Uh, he's on, going on the camp first. Uh, he's one of 25 players across the country selected for uh, a U17 event. He's, he's going as a boy that's a year younger than the rest. Um, and from that 25, they'll select 23 players um, to make it to the um, CONCACAF Championship. Um, yeah, to play for our country. So this is uh, this is a player that's also on our U20 reserve team. He's got a chance to become. You know, he's got a chance to get into a professional match this year. You know, if we have injury issues, we'll pull up from our reserves. And here's a 15-year-old player that we're very high on. And, and uh, I want to congratulate the Edmonton Warriors Soccer Club because they've had a huge part. Um, Nicky Vinovich and also Sheldon Devan have had a massive role in his development as a young player. And then, of course, now in our academy uh, for the next step of his development. So well done to everyone involved. Uh, it's just a great story, and he's a great kid. All right. Well, Jeff, I know we're going to be talking to you and your players throughout the season. Uh, so Saturday, May 4th, you got an away game, and then your home game uh, Sunday, May 12th, the Clark against Pacific F- FC. And uh, I'll just tell people, they can just Google FC Edmonton, Google FC Edmonton schedule, and uh, a click or two, you'll be right there because I did that just now. Hey, thanks Brilliant. for checking in, man, and we'll talk again soon. All the best. Reed, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Have a great night. That is Jeff Paulus, head coach of FC Edmonton in the Canadian Premier League. So they got seven teams. They got a schedule out. They're off and running. And like you said, focus on Canadian cities and Canadian talent. So I really hope this works and helps uh, develop Canadian soccer because we've been struggling at that for a long time at the men's level for sure. Sheldon texting in. He says, hey, Reed, my first impression of unbalanced halves is that there's greater opportunity to develop, to develop all of your players. This makes good sense whether you're ready to win with a great team or you have a rebuilding team. That is uh, Sheldon who looks like he's ready for the FC Edmonton season. Okay, we will check the scoreboard one final time and we have this week's 6.30 Chet MVP.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's going to be pretty cool. Taekwondo is the sport we're going to focus on. We've got a 12-year-old star coming up next. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Hey, every week we feature the 630 Chad MVP courtesy Elite Promotional Marketing. The athlete is also featured on Global News. The video can be found on the MVP section of 630Ched.com, and the MVP gets Under Armour apparel, courtesy of Elite Promotional Marketing. You can nominate someone by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com, and I'm pleased to welcome this week's MVP. It is Madison Lee. Madison, my name is Reed. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Madison, how old are you? I'm 12. And I understand you've been doing pretty good in Taekwondo? Yeah. How long have you been doing Taekwondo? Since I was four. And who got you involved in it? Uh, my dad. And is your dad pretty good at it too? Yeah. Okay. What? Anybody else in your family do Taekwondo? Yeah, everybody in my family does Taekwondo. And who else would that be? My mom, dad, my older brother, and my younger sister. And who's the best at it? Uh, my dad. Okay, you could have said yourself, Madison. I mean, you are the 630 Ched MVP. Oh, what do you like about Taekwondo? Um, I like the when the fitness and the practice to it and being around the team. Okay. Now, I understand you got to go to Quebec City in January. What happened there? Uh, we competed at the Canadian National Championships in Pumse. And what is Pumse? Pumse is patterns, and in patterns there's a series of uh, blocks, kicks, and stances. Is this something you have to do in unison with your teammates? Yes. Okay, and who are your teammates? My teammates are Natalie and Christine. They're from Ontario. Okay, now that makes me curious. They, You live in Edmonton and they live in Ontario, so how did you work on your routine so it all went so well? So the night, the day before, we had a lot of practice, and then we just kept practicing the whole day for about seven hours until we got it all synchronized. And then the next day, we did a little bit more practice, and then we just went up and competed. Okay, so you did pretty well. Madison Lee joining us on Inside Sports. She's this week's 630 Chet MVP. Now, you so you did well at Nationals in Quebec City. And what is coming up in June? I heard you're taking another trip somewhere. Yes, we are going to Portland for the Pan Am Games. Okay, and will you do Pumse there as well? Or are you going to be doing the same routine? Yes, but the different patterns. So we'll know sooner to the tournament. Oh, so the, uh, the judges or, or somebody tells you what you have to do. You can't make it yourself, eh? Yeah. Okay. Now, are you are you going to ha- just practice with your teammates right before the event again, or are you going to have a chance to meet up ahead of time? We'll probably have a chance to meet up ahead of time. 
Okay. All right. Well, this this is uh, this is pretty cool. So you've been doing taekwondo for uh, for eight years. Do you do any other sports? Um, I used to do gymnastics, and I don't. I just mainly focus on taekwondo, though. Okay. You know what, Madison? I think a lot of people. Like I sorta of know about Taekwondo when I when when I was a kid I had friends that did it, but I, I feel like I don't totally understand it. So how would you explain it to people who didn't know much about it? Or maybe is there something that, that people say about Taekwondo that they think is true but really isn't true? It's martial arts. It's a Korean martial art and it's based on different movements. It's also a sport. Okay, so you're doing patterns. Is there ever uh, combat? Um, we don't. We do have combat, but I don't practice it as much. I don't compete in it. Okay, well, because you sound like you're a very nice person and you wouldn't want to hurt anybody, because you probably could if you wanted to, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, Madison, this is uh, this is really cool. It sounds like uh, your family's pretty proud of you too, and obviously uh, everybody is involved. Uh, so you're going to Portland in June. That's where your next event is. Yeah. Okay. And uh, how often do you practice? I practice five days a week. Oh, you're a busy kid. I hope I'm not taking you away from practice right now. No. Okay, good. Well, Madison, all the best. I hope it goes great in Portland. Yeah, I can tell you got a lot of energy, and, and you're a great teammate as well to work with uh, with the other kids on your team. So I want to wish you all the best, and thank you so much for making time for Inside Sports tonight. Thank you. That is Madison Lee checking in. Man, great interview. So that's that's incredible. She's the 630 Chet MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. So, Kellen, so she goes to the uh, Nationals in Quebec City, and they have to do this coordinated routine. It's called Pumse. The mm-hmm. uh, the message I got says it's P O O M S A E, or the printout I got on it. So they they practice the day before and the morning of, and they do great, and they then they qualify now for uh, the uh, Cadet and Junior Championships. The Pan Am Cadet and Junior Championships is important. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's yeah. incredible. That was awesome. Madison Lee on. Uh, Inside Sports tonight. And again, if you nom- want to nominate someone for the MVP, you can go look under the local tab on 630ched.com or you can just email me uh, inside sports at 630ched.com and I'll uh, share that with uh, Quinn, John, and Kevin over at Global as well. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Don't forget about Northern Chicken's brunch. Sundays, 11 a.m. until 2, featuring biscuits and gravy with smashed potatoes. You can visit northchickenyeg.com. Final look. At the scoreboard, Oil Kings leading Medicine Hat 1-0 after the first. Golden Bears trailing Saskatchewan 3-2 early in the third. 8 o'clock start, Bakersfield and Iowa. The Condors have won 17 in a row. Curling, seventh end. Alberta's Brendan Botcher leading John Epping of Toronto 5-2. Wild card game at the Briar. Winner is in, loser goes home. National Hockey League, Sabres beat the Penguins 4-3 in overtime. Flyers knock off the Devils 6-3. Cam Talbot gets the win for Philly. Capitals beat the Islanders 3-1. Canadians knock off the Rangers 4-2. Six minutes left in the third. Carolina up 4-2 on St. Louis. After two, Nashville and Winnipeg tied 2-2. Shifley gets his 32nd. Connor gets his 25th. 
to pull the Jets even. Golden Knights and Ducks, and then Avalanche at Sharks, the late games tonight. I will join you at 9.30 tomorrow morning for the face-off show, and then the Blue Jackets and the Oilers will start at 11, all right here on 6.30. Chad, Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. Big thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks for tuning in. Friday. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.